I'm Tina Black, co-owner of Next Level Salon Ownership, a six-month business and leadership course to help you start, maintain, grow, or scale your salon business. We believe there are five strategies to help you eliminate politics and confusion, increase morale, decrease turnover, and increase productivity. If you would like to get on our waiting list for the next course, please go to www.nextlevelsalonleadership.com. There's, you said it perfectly, there's been such a stigma around mental health. And I think um, one of the positive things that came from COVID (laughs) was that we talk about it it's it's a thing now where you know it was taboo for for so long like you didn't you didn't talk about you know if you were seeing a psychologist or if you were on medication everything was very much you just kept it to yourself and you know I know that you were one of the people that is so passionate about this that you've been in Washington DC advocating for this so talk a little bit about that Yeah, I had a a really unique opportunity. Um, It was actually a congresswoman from California, Grace Napolitano, who had kind of led an effort, you know, to really increase funding early on. And by early on, I mean about 10 years ago, right, where we were starting to have these these more, you know, robust conversations about addressing mental health, taking care of it, um, what it looked like, getting rid of stigma. So she had us come and there was a panel of us who had lived experience, which simply means we've, we've been affected by mental health. Um, I shared my experience of attempting suicide and what that had led up to that. And then what, more importantly, what I had done to, to recover and what I still do today um, to address that. And so, you know, even just a few months back, you know, Biden, um, gosh, he he added unprecedented funding in his his. Um, budget, you know, to address not just suicide prevention, but mental health and mental health services and increasing capacity for people to get care. And so we're finally, like you mentioned, and I agree with you, the pandemic finally broke some of the barriers that kept us from discussing this because it leveled the playing field. All of us recognized, whether we had struggled before or not, that, that, ooh, mental health is real, depression is real, anxiety is real, and it can affect any one of us. And we know about 20% of our population lives with a mental health disorder. So we need to start getting the, the help and support out there for folks. 20%. So as, as leaders in, in our companies, you know, there's, there's a push for wellness in the workplace. So what are some things that we as leaders can specifically do to help our team? Yeah, you know, it's having the conversations about it, you know, um, inviting somebody in to come and do a training. If you'd like to learn more about what is mental health, what does depression look like? What does anxiety look like? How do we address that? You know, when we talk about wellness, it isn't just our physical body. We know that our physical health affects our mental health and our mental health affects our physical health. So if we address both and, and really treat the whole person, we know that people who live mentally well are more productive in the workplace. Um, and I think something that a lot of us do is when we are struggling, struggling with our mental health, right? We, we, again, we still try to show up. We still try to push through versus if I have a cold, I take a day. I try to rest my body because I know I need to. And sometimes we need to do the same with our mental health. So just again, embracing that and, and valuing that people have both and that if we support people in taking care of their mental health, they're, they're going to be able to show up for work and, and be more productive when they're feeling, again, whole. How would you recommend that we start that conversation 
because a lot of places, you know, there's been that, you know, you said it perfectly, that stigma, like mm -hmm. you, you don't, you don't want to necessarily bring that up, but, you know, sometimes we can see those people that are struggling, but how do we have that conversation? Yeah. So there's some great organizations. Um, one that I love is called the National Council on Behavioral Health, and they offer a training called Mental Health First Aid. And this just really breaks down each and every mental health condition. And, and the best part about it is it starts talking about early recognition, right? Again, if we recognize when a mental health condition is starting and we get ahead of it sooner, the outcomes are so much better, you know, and, and depression we know is one of the most common. It's one of the most debilitating, but also most treatable of all illness. And so when we recognize somebody going down that path, right, that early identification, so becoming trained in, in a basic gatekeeper program that gives you tips and tools. Um, AFSP, our organization has specific training that looks at um, what to do and how to have these conversations. You know, it's like anything else, put a plan in place now. If we do screening for other conditions like heart attack, stroke, you know, vision screening, dental screening, we all take care of it. So having a mental health, we call it a checkup from the neck up, right? Making sure that we're doing okay. Maybe setting aside a wellness day each month where you do something that solely focuses on employee mental wellness, um, whether that's meditation, mindfulness, yoga, um, just helping people cultivate things that they can do to create, you know, that, that culture that says, hey, we care about your wellness and, and we want to do something to make sure you're taking care of you. I love that because I think that it's so it's such an important aspect of work nowadays. We spend more time here than we do with our own family. So to have have your leaders truly care and, and offer those types of services and stuff really just adds that extra bonus level. Yeah. Looking looking at at you and, and the story that you've had that brought you here, what are some things that you do? to maintain yourself because you you're traveling you're speaking you you have a family you have things you're you're busy how do you as somebody who openly says that you've struggled with these things how do you how do you maintain yourself I have to prioritize, right? Um, you know, so there are certain things I do every single day. Um, I do live in recovery from substance use disorder and alcohol use. And so I, I wake up each morning, I set aside time to do some reading, I, I meditate each day. Um, on the days that I don't do that, I feel it, I can tell already, I'm like, because mm, I haven't started my day the way I'm used to. Um, I, I attend meetings still. I participate in a support group that I can talk openly about the things that I've dealt with and been through. Um, I have a network, right? Cultivate a few people that, that can be your support system where you can be open and honest. Um, I try to work out each day. I'm not great at it every day, but I try to get moving, right? Be mindful of what I eat. I know that what I eat affects my mental health. Um, you know, so it's it's looking at those little things. But one of the biggest I'll say, you know, is I, I plan time to do the things I love. Um, you know, just this last weekend, I went out and golfed again for the first time since November because it's been so cold. Golfing is something I do that that helps me just relax. So find those things that that are passionate for you. And then I took a mental health day a few days ago. You know, I just called my boss. I, I told my school, I told my internship, you know, and my family. I said, I need a day. I need a day where I just do something that fills my cup. And I actually went and spent the day with my, my daughter-in-law and my grandbabies and just let those little twins crawl all over me. And we watched Miss Rachel and it just made my heart full. So again, identify the things that, that help you and then make a commitment. I have to keep my mental health a priority 
Otherwise, I know where it goes, and I'm not willing to go there again. And I think there there comes um, a level of acceptance mm -hmm. that it's not going to be perfect all the time. And I, I think that that's where people struggle. Mm -hmm. So so talk about that. Yeah. You know, one of my favorite things is, is just being in the present moment, right? Because again, right here, right now, I'm okay. And you're right. Life isn't perfect. Life is so messy, so messy. And so just learning to ride the wave, okay, where it's going to ebb, it's going to flow, it's going to go up, it's going to go down. Allow, allow the feeling. You know, it isn't permanent. It's going to change. Um, it won't take us over unless we let it. Right? I can stay in it. I can sit down and throw a little pity party and stay in the grossness of it. Or I can say, all right, I don't like how this feels. I don't like where I'm at. What can I do? And, you know, I always go back to this practice that I learned as a palmetal uh, educator, which was, you know, the the practicing this, this sense of, you know, kind of the three laws of the mind and acknowledging, right? And then making a little shift. What's a 10% shift? What's something little I can do to, to move me forward? Um, and that's where I try to look. I try to stay in that forward thinking. Again, I'm not great at it. There's days that I'm living in the past and woe is me, but then I just have to remember it's done. Can't do anything about it. Tomorrow ain't here yet. Right here, right now is where I have power. And so stay in that moment. I love that. You you also mentioned about filling your cup. Mm -hmm. And I, I want you to talk a little more about that because I think a lot of us are people pleasers mm -hmm. and we're, we're givers. But talk about the importance of giving to yourself. Yeah. You know, I think a lot of us struggle with that. You know, I'm, I'm actually sitting here at my sister-in-law's house because I said yes to babysitting kids when I really shouldn't be babysitting. You know, I have to learn how to say no sometimes. And again, I'm not great at it either. But we have to practice boundaries, you know, and be able to say, you know what, I don't have that in me today. It's like the little gal or gentleman on the airplane when they tell us that we have to put our own mask on first, right? If I if I don't take care of me, I'm no good to anybody else. And, and I always say too, you know, there's a cup sitting right in front of me. And yes, I need to fill it with goodness. But sometimes our cup is overflowing and we need to dump it out and start again, right? Let some of the garbage out. Let some of the heaviness out. And then refill it with the things that help us to feel good. And, and so it is, it's a delicate balance and it's a practice. And again, it's all I can do is today, you know, hopefully tomorrow I'll be better about saying no next time when I know I have too much on my plate, but I don't want to, you know, upset somebody. Um, so, so yeah, it's a practice, man. And that's what I love. I get to practice. I'm never going to be perfect at it. So progress, not perfection. I love that. And you talked about living in the present mm -hmm. and I just was listening to something that was talking about when people focus so much on the future, it causes anxiety. Mm -hmm. And I think we're seeing now more than ever people being anxious. Mm -hmm. And I, so talk a little bit about anxiousness and anxiety and some ways to kind of calm yourself. Yeah, you know, we live in such a world of uncertainty right now. I mean, we know things are just, they're changing every day. There's so much unrest socially, politically. There's just a lot being thrown at us. And so again, be mindful of what you allow your brain to take in. Um, maybe it's limiting the time that you spend on the news or on your social media or what apps you're following. I just deleted Twitter because <laughs> so I said, I can't. 
you know, and, and the reason why is because I caught myself being negative and I don't like that. That's not who I am as a person. I don't want to be mean, but you know, that's what some of the, the, the social media apps help to fill these days is it gives us this platform to just kind of spew whatever. And, and so I had to limit that, right? I don't have Facebook. There's certain things that I've had to do to just limit my own intake. So again, that's where mindfulness comes in. That's where we pause. That's where we breathe. Um, you know, I've been I've been doing an internship for my my master's degree at the state hospital. So I'm working with folks who have some pretty serious mental illness, and and we always go back to the basics, right? When I'm overwhelmed, it's stop, sit down, right? We put our hands on our bellies and we do deep breathing, where we sit and let our belly expand, and then we let it go, right? But even just that breathing, you know, it helps to to balance out our, our homeostasis, if you will, right? And we we can we can feel present in our body again. And so, you know, find those things that that work for you. If it's going outside, if it's you know, just again taking a five minute break, going in the bathroom where nobody can talk to you, you know, whatever it is you need to do, um, especially at work, work can be stressful, right? So finding those those things that that help you to balance. Um, and then again, if I notice that I'm getting too overwhelmed, what can I limit, right? What can I limit? And then supplementing that with the things you know that'll help to bring you some joy. When you say, what can you, what can you limit? How, what advice would you give for people to be okay with saying no and knowing their limit? Because I think that that is extremely hard. Mm-hmm. And sometimes we might not even recognize our limit until it's, we're way past it. Definitely, definitely. You know, the thing I think that helps people understand that is to just learn how to become self-aware. Some of us do this through self-help books because we can gain that insight on our own. Some of us see a therapist, that's me, right? I have somebody that I go to when I, I just need to vomit my life and bleh, and then he listens and helps me reframe it and put it back together. Um, I also participate in, in different 12-step fellowships. One of my favorite books that I ever read that helped me to understand the importance of taking care of me was Melody Beatty's Codependent No More. Um, yeah. That's what codependency is, where we try to caretake and control and, and do everything for everybody versus going, wait a second, the only person I have power over is me. <laughs> Damn it, right? I wish I could control everything, <laughs> and everything but we can't. And so being aware of, of what your limits are, meaning that you've, you've practiced, if you know that you're, that tells you, okay, I've taken on too much. Let me start looking at what did I take on? What's causing me the most stress? What can I realistically do today? You know, there's days I have to do a little to-do list and I may get one or two things done, but that sometimes helps me prioritize. You know, maybe it's in your computer closing all the tabs out, but the thing you're working on, I am notorious for having 20 tabs open at once, trying to do 20 different things, and I don't get anything done, and I feel stressed. Well, duh, you know, do one. <laughs> Focus on one thing at a time. So it's just practicing some of those those really simple skills, and again, if you're not sure, that's a great time to maybe find somebody that you can work with, you know, again, whether that's a therapist or a life coach to, to help you look at your life. And see what it is that matters to you, what your priorities are. And then the things that are of little or maybe not as much importance, again, practice letting those things go. Again, you might pick it up tomorrow. That's okay. You can also set it down and try again. Absolutely. You know, you, you've, you've talked about a therapist uh, a few times. And I'm an advocate therapy. I think every person needs to see a therapist. I think it's amazing to have an outside person who has zero 
views on your life other than like they're just there to listen and guide you um talk to that person that might be on the fence about struggling with going to get somebody thank you for joining us today and if you loved this podcast jump on over to our youtube page to hear the full hour-long interview you can find us at next level salon leadership